But this is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 Another edition of Love, War, Challenges. I am MTV Malik, and I'm joined by Becky Vero and Antonio, aka the Bananas Defender. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. How about you? Are you really doing good, Bananas? I guess. Because Wes is out this bitch winning. And every time Wes is winning, a banana loses. So are you really okay? I mean, what did Wes win? He got a lot of hate last time on Twitter. So, I mean, what did he really win? Twitter hate does not equal not winning a challenge. Did he cash out? No. He will. He didn't go into elimination. Okay, and he lost one home? Exactly. How was your week, ladies? Oh, it was great. Thanks for asking. Wait, hold on a second. We can't have y'all talking at the same time or people can't tell you apart. Let's start with Vero. <laughs> <It's> been... <laughs> it's should great. I do... Wait. No, no, no. Should I do you guys my cannot voice? talk at the same time or, or it's over. Yeah, Becky. Don't think I'm talking in circles. <laughs> don't think I'm talking in circles because they always think you're me. Hello. I know. I don't know why either. I don't sound anything like you. You guys sound nothing <laughs> alike. Okay. <laughs> right? I don't see how the people have a problem with this. Like, re- you guys really don't sound anything alike at all. It's well, easy to tell you guys apart. Apparently, I like the f bomb, and that's how people distinguish us. So, so be it. Oh, Every shit. once in a while, I cuss too. So let's not think that I'm not. I figured that it's a good fucking reason I don't fucking cuss on the air. Oh, you know, I'm trying to be Fuck a yeah. fucking professional. Fucking <laughs> professional. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I could always just do my voice and just and talk like that. And just girl, like, that's you know. not nice. <laughs> Yo, so bananas, how was your weekend, man? You do anything fun? No, I'm going to WrestleMania this weekend though, so that's pretty fun. Oh the way, you are going to the actual WrestleMania? Yeah, I got tickets. That is dope as shit. I'm really rooting for Kofi Kingston. Because a Negro has never won the the whole title, at least not a full blooded Negro. Kofi Mania, baby, I'm ready. I'm I'm actually rooting for him. I, I can't stand the uh, heel Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he's definitely annoying your shit, man. That's dope. You getting to go, man? I'm actually kind of jealous. Yeah, yeah, it's in MetLife. So if you think I'm missing a chance to go to WrestleMania when it's like a state over your shot, and Listen. I'm also going to Raw and SmackDown too, so I'm really pumped for that. Yo, that's really dope. If you don't go there with a Love War Challenges poster. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, you need to have. One. Yes, you need to have it. Do well, it. That's, that's what I said before. We should make shirts. So if I have a shirt with the thing on, I was going to wear that instead. We're definitely going to have shirts when we all go to Vegas for Challenge Mania. Like that'd yeah. be real dope. First off, I'm going to the Spearmint Rhino. Challenge Mania is just a kicker on it. So <laughs> that's one. I'm going to the strip club. It just has, so happens. So in the same weekend, Challenge Mania is in town. <laughs> Plus, I'm going there to support Scott and D. I wanted to do one of these for a long time. I missed out on on Atlanta, 
which I was really sad about. And, you know, I really want to go there. I really want to, you know, see these guys give them a high five and listen to the show live. Sound like it's going to be something super dope. I mean, I would go, but what can a 20-year-old do in Vegas? Get a, a, a fake ID. Yeah, I would get you a fake ID. I have yeah, one. Get a fake. Then you'll be then fine. Then why are you not going to use it? All fake IDs are good in Vegas. Uh, we'll find out. If Don't you go... Exactly. And if you go, I promise I will get you a hooker. Oh, Jesus <laughs> I'll get you wasted. Yes, I'm I will okay get you a hooker. That. She's uh, like a big girl, too. A big, beautiful oh. girl. I got you, bro. I think I'm all right. All right, let's get into the episode. <laughs> the episode begins with, with that harlot, Carver Maria and her beau, Polly having sex in a bunk bed. Such a great role model. I don't know what a girl has to go through to get fucked on a bunk bed on national TV. I just don't know. I mean, I don't know how you guys can look up to a girl like that. So most of the house finds them cringy, but Kyle, for some reason, thinks that Kara and Polly's whole relationship only exists to annoy him. Kyle admits this to Maddie, says that he's not himself, and that since his alliance is all gone, he's starting to feel isolated. So the question I have for you guys is, why is Carla Maria so selfish not to consider Kyle's feelings by acting the way she is, by getting fucked on the bunk bed? Inconsiderate is all shit. Now the whole house has to hear her. The whole house has to hear her. And the who fucking the fuck audacity. Does, exactly. Who the fuck does she think she is having sex on TV with, with her, her boyfriend. boyfriend? Oh, my God. <laughs> She's fucking crazy, man. Fucking crazy. Who the fuck who does she that? Is, exactly. Exactly. Bananas. So why are we forgetting that last season, three couples had sex in the same room at the same time, but no one said anything about it? Well, let me ask you a question. Are any of these three couples named Cara Maria? That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. If Cara isn't doing it, then it's not that bad. No fucking shit. Get a clue. Cara Maria, that harlot. The Jezebel. What's a harlot? Oh, my Jesus gosh. Christ. <laughs> Wait, I was about to ask the same thing. A what is a harlot? Like a, like it's a an old is that an old girl. people term? It's an it old, is an old people slut. Term. <laughs> You're pushing 40. Yeah, both of you are pushing 40. <laughs> Guys, that's like from like medieval times. Yeah, exactly. Like later, like, like, low. This is like, like ancient era. I yeah. wasn't even born yet. Neither I don't think they teach that None of us anymore. were born. Jesus Christ. You fucking guys. Crack All a right. book, guys. Crack a book. <laughs> no I'm doubt. No doubt. So moving on to house drama, Ninja is starting to feel like her and Polly's relationship is inhibiting the team becoming closer. Dean West tries to comfort her, but let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys think that Ninja Natalie has a point that Carver Maria's presence is keeping them from being fully formed as a team? Yeah, see, the way I see it is just that she should tell him instead of telling everyone else that she feels like they don't have a good team relationship, you know? Well, I don't, I don't think she was telling everybody else. You know, she told her main friend in the house, D. And, and a confessional. D, well, yeah, that's a confessional, though. But why confess- don't, I don't see what's so difficult about telling Polly, like, hey, I don't feel like we have the best, like, team relationship. Like, can we spend more time together? You know, you don't have to be jealous or anything. So you think it's jealousy? Well, not that she's je- like that she's jealous of Polly's girlfriend, necessarily. But I think she's jealous of the time they're spending together. If she felt some type of way, she could have just told him, like, hey, you know, could we spend some team building time together or something? I don't know. I just didn't I didn't like how she was like blaming Kara for the lack of team morale that they have. Yeah, I definitely feel you. Do you feel like she was like avoiding confrontation 
and avoiding bringing it to the forefront? Um, I do think that she was trying to avoid confrontation. Maybe that was the way that she felt was appropriate to go about it. But like I said, you know, she could have just told him. I mean, she didn't have to blame Cara Maria for the whole thing. I mean, Cara is very supportive of Polly and of that team. So I think that she would encourage it if she knew that Ninja was feeling some kind of way. I just, Vera's right. She should have stepped forward and said, hey, I'm feeling like we need some more team building or something. But if she's not going to speak up, then nobody else is going to do it for her. Well, how else do you expect it to get resolved? If Polly doesn't know about it, or if, if Polly doesn't hear it from her mouth, how is he going to like react to it, you know? It's like he's just going blind because he's like doing what he's doing because he doesn't know that Ninja has a problem with it. Yeah, I definitely feel you. I think Ninja should have definitely just brought it to, to Wes and put it out all on the table. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Closed mouths don't get fed. If he's not 100% in the know of why you feel the way you do, you can't blame him for keeping up that, that activity that's making you feel the way that you do. Okay, so uh, last week, we were treated to a huge blowout between partners Hunter and Georgia. Hunter is plotting with Wes to get things back on track. Wes decides to act as a counselor, and Hunter pumps out, you know, a sincere apology that just happens to be more bullshit than the first apology. Like, I don't know how you have a super bullshit apology to come with a sincere apology that's more bullshit than the first apology. But whatever, that's how Team Young Buck gets down. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys think that this kind of sociopathic behavior is acceptable or is it just a part of the game? Is it strategic gameplay? I wouldn't say any apology, I mean, could just be said just to end the drama. But the fact that he's laughing about it and calling it like sociopathic behavior and everything else is kind of over the top for me. Yeah, it's gameplay to the extent where like he's trying to like apologize and stuff. It's more over the line after the fact when you see him like laughing and like, him making those comments after the fact. That's when it's more like over the line. I feel like because I get he wants to make his partnership with Georgia a lot better, but when her back's turned, don't go making comments where now you're back to square one. Now I could definitely feel you in that. I feel like that was kind of some snake shit, you know, because after the um, after the comment was made, you know, he's talking about how it was too easy. He should get an Oscar. Even Cal ca- called him a psychopath. And let me tell you something. If Cal decides that you are acting like a psychopath, you really, really need to take a long fucking look in the mirror. <laughs> like, come on, if Cal is calling that shit out. But um, the thing about it is... um. Hunter is one of the members of Team Young Buck that I like the most. I do think that he's, I do think at the core, he's a good guy. He makes some dumb mistakes, and that comes with being a fucking meathead. But this, this was actually, it was a little bit on the disgusting side. I thought he was better than that. Uh, when it comes to a sincere apology, uh, I thought that Hunter, more than a lot of other people, would know best that this is a time to actually be sincere, to actually be vulnerable a little bit, and admit that you was wrong, and you said some foul shit. And you want to move past that to have a better and more positive game. I thought this was just not a good look. And seriously, I'm a little disappointed. I thought Hunter was better than this. Well, I think Wes said it right. And this is like the one of the few times where I will ever agree with Wes. I mean, that's the reason why TYB has never won a challenge. Yeah, it's hard to picture any of those guys actually winning one in the near future. Well, here's the thing also, is I think that he's one of those people that lets kind of the competition get in his head and he becomes way too obsessed and involved in it. I know it's like money and you've got to really be in it, but 
like I've said with like misogyny and stuff like that, that competition could really bring out the worst in you. And I think that's the kind of person Hunter is. I think at the core, he's a really good guy, but because he lets this competition really become so over encompassing that he, it brings out the worst parts of him. Well, I think the preview for next week kind of shows that. Facts, facts, facts. Let's go ahead and move on to the daily challenge. So today's challenge was amazing. It was called Road Warrior. The challengers stand on top of two opposing trucks going 50 miles per hour, and they have to swing off and pass each other rings. The order has been randomly selected, so that means Polly and Ninja are going first. Ninja realizes that her and Polly haven't been in the tribunal for the last couple of days, and it's starting to feel the heat. Sorry. Did you say it was amazing? So it was amazing. The oh, visual. Okay. It, 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 it looks good. Yeah. Okay. Let me guess. Well, me and Antonio agree, right? You don't like it either? So starting off was Polly and Ninja. They started off really slow. They find the rhythm. Uh, they ended up dropping the ring. They closed out the daily with 15 rings. Kalamati is up next. Uh, they killed it out the gate. They closed it out with 16 rings. Nani and Turbo also. They started a little, a little bit out of the gate, but they also closed out in 16 rings at a really impressive speed. Corinthio is up next. And, you know, the first two looked tough for them. But after that, they was flying through. They closed it out with 16 rings. Honey and Georgia, kill it. 16 rings. Cam and Ash, kill it. 16 rings. Baron Day, they dropped the ring, but they happen to kill the rest, and they get 15 rings. Now, Wes and D, for some reason, they just shit the bed. D had trouble getting across. Wes had a lot of trouble with closing the gap, and they end up flopping this whole daily challenge, and they close out at seven rings. Now, when they come off of the competition, Bear's right there on the sideline. He's screaming out, losers, and he's rubbing it in their face. Like, he is screaming this out. He's trying to be as abrasive as humanly possible, as he should, and this is right, because Wes and D has made getting out Bear one of their main objectives, and Bear has shitted on them throughout the whole entire time. What kicks things up a little bit is that while Bear's antagonizing Wes and D, Devon decides she wants to jump in. She's still upset about the comment that Wes made during her elimination with Jenna, where Wes told Jenna to put her knee on her face. So Mama Day jumps in, and she's screaming at him. And for some reason, Wes thought it was a good idea to say, way to be a good role model to your kids. That pissed a lot of people off. That definitely pissed Day off, who um she didn't really take the bait, but it was definitely a low blow, and she definitely felt it. So Wes, not liking the comments that were coming at him because he decided to call her a bad role model for her daughter, decided to unleash some alleged unaired comments on Day, who apparently threatened to have Wes killed. And that is why he decided to make those comments to her about her being a bad role model. You know, the funny thing about those comments is, um, you know, if, if Wes made those comments, uh, in response to what she said, then, you know, he's very justified. But she's definitely, you know, denying that those comments was ever made. At this point, it kind of comes down to who do you believe? If you believe Wes, then the comments he made about, you know, her being a role model are perfectly in line. But if you believe Day, then Wes is just being a bully and saying terrible things about somebody. And he's definitely out of line. Well, uh, it depends, do- because you also have receipts about day who's actually done this in the past and threatened Shane. 
to get him beat up at the reunion because he was calling her a bitch. That's so, right. Yo, you're 100% right. And so if Wes is saying that this happened, this isn't exactly out of her character then, is it? No, it's not. But we have a few people stepping in on behalf of Devon saying that she didn't make those comments uh, like Marie, who made that statement, who always has to insert herself in everything. Like Marie but, was fucking there. Right? Like she was there. And, Why are we speaking uh, about the ill-minded? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Poor like, like Cara's former partner was right there. But here's the situation. Somebody else unexpected stepped out and said that they would never say that. And that was Cam. Cam's Cam a whole queen. That Davon never said that, and she never would say that. So shockingly, even though she had the opportunity to jump in and make Davon look bad, it shows how good of a person Cam is that she stepped in and said, no, that didn't happen. Yeah, I definitely feel that Cam is a whole queen, but at the same time, she's saying that Davon would never say something like that. She has said something like that to a different cast member. But at the same time, she was also there. So to me, it, it kind of weighs in 50-50. I like Cam, but maybe this is just Cam trying to seem less antagonist, less antagonistic towards Day. So I got to take it 50-50. Exactly. I mean, in this case, it's going to be a he said, she said, unless MTV decides to release said alleged clip that was on the cutting room floor. But we won't know for sure unless that happens, which knowing the history of MTV, they will not be releasing that information. Yeah, I won't hold my fucking breath. I paid attention to the episode, like, well, that clip closely. And, like, it, from what Wes is saying, it sounded like what Devon said could have been, like, a quick sentence or two. And from what I was seeing, like, it seems like you're clearly impossible just to cut out a sentence and, like, Unless, like, the editors there are, like, really amazing and they, like, pinpointed by the, the millisecond, they, they, there's, like, no, like, cutscene at all where, like, I feel like they could have took a sentence like that out. Oh, you are wrong, sir. They work for MTV. I'm assuming they're good at their job. I don't work for MTV, and I could cut some shit like that. Not no, saying but, that like, they... visual stuff, too? Yes. Yes, these are professionals. They have degrees. This is what they were trained to do. They do it all the time. You hear about people complaining about the edit all the time. Yeah, but well, something that's like two sentences long, and like, because it's in the middle of the conversation, and like, you see everything flow perfectly. So I, I, it's tough. Motherfucker, I, just, I do it all the time when I edit this podcast. <laughs> but all the time. But that's just the audio. I'm talking about visual stuff too. The visual rolls right with the audio. All you gotta do is a quick cut. I mean, I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened, but to say that it's impossible to be done, it's not. No, I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm saying it must be like it must be like really, really top notch, like top one percent in editing, editing possible. Because are like, you talking? About, but remember, you're talking about Viacom's most profitable channel. It can be done. Not saying it was, but it can be. It just looks really tough. I mean, I don't know how to do it. Maybe that's why I'm saying it looks tough. But like, in order to take out an audio and like the visual part of it and making sure everything flows perfectly. That sounds tough to me, so I don't know. It could be done in 14 minutes. For me, it'll probably take 14 years. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, they they were built for that shit, and they've been making cuts like these their whole lives. And a lot of these people who's on the show, they've been doing it, you know, for the past couple of seasons. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but to throw it out on the basis that, you know, it, it just looks tough to do, I don't know. I don't buy it. 
So moving on to the nominations, uh, it's pretty easy to guess where everybody is going to go. Hunter and Georgia decide they're going to go after 190 and use that as their burn vote. Kyle and Maddie is going to go after Paulie and Ninja to continue their blood feud. At this point, Corey turns to politics. She wants to know if Hunter and Georgia are going to stand firm on their vote, for which they will. Corey and Theo decide they're going to go after Wes and Dean, attempting to force their hand so she can save Polly. It's definitely a good move. It definitely puts the pressure on. And no matter which way it's going to go, uh, it's definitely going to change the game. At this point, Hunter is willing to tie it up just not to piss off anybody else who could say his name in the future. So let me ask you guys a question. Judging from what we've seen coming out of nominations, do you guys think Hunter's playing a scared game? Easily. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When doesn't he play a scared game? I feel like in all of his seasons, he's been in a scared game, just relying on Corey and Nelson to do all the dirty work for him, and he just lays back. And I think that's the reason why, like, before this season, he was my favorite member of TYB, because like I felt like he wasn't really a member of TYB. Because, like, he just kept laying back, you know, let Corey Nelson do all the shit. But now, after this season, I'm like, all right, I really don't give a shit about Hunter anymore as a fan. Well, it definitely worked for him. He's the only member of TYB to actually get a championship under his belt, even though he ain't get no money. Because of his partner. His oh, partner. don't even say that it was because of Ashley that he yeah, walked out no, 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 of no. here. You said Ashley walked Hunter to the final? No, no. Ashley didn't bring Hunter to a final. Ashley's alliance brought them both to a final. What about you, Becky? You think Hunter's playing a skate game at this point? I mean, I think when you get this close and you start seeing your numbers start to really dwindle, I, I think that a lot of people have a tendency to get scared, and I think he is. Uh, whether it's rightly so or if he's panicking too early, I don't know. But he's he's definitely in his thoughts, and he's he's terrified. He's he knows that he's on the chopping block, and George is not going to be able to protect him. Absolutely, Vero. Do you think Hunter's playing a scare game? Whenever you're ready, I, Vero Nika. Well, I'm sorry. It's you all, still don't say correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Vero Nika. No. Oh my what god. Is it? Well, Vera? it's Veronica, Veronica, first of all. How do but I not cool. say Veronica correct? You say Vero. It's Vero. Oh, Vero. That's what I was saying. I said you never oh, say my name shit. right. Vero. You got you. Americanized got you. over here. No, 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 no. You're 100% right. And once again, I apologize for my transgressions against you. I will fix my <laughs> behavior. Vero. Yes. There you go. You got it now. See, Hunter should do apologies like that. And I'm a way bigger sociopath than he is. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, you're really sorry that you called me poor. <laughs> I am. <laughs> anyway. He's so not sorry. I know. I, I am I sorry. Know. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought that Hunter always plays a scared game, though. I think that he lets Corey and Nelson do most of his work. And, you know, this this season, he doesn't have that buffer. So he has to make moves. And it's coming out now that he doesn't like to make moves. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Um, like I said, I do like Hunter, but Hunter does play a scared game. One of the most scared games I've ever seen. He is afraid to make big moves. The only reason why he even stepped to Bananas in the first place was because he always had people backing him up. He can't do this by himself. He'd latch on to West like a fucking leech. Not that it was a bad idea, but because it was part of his personality. As great as Hunter is, I think Hunter has the physical ability to win a challenge 
any year that he's on. I say it again. Hunter has the physical ability to win the challenge any year that he's on, but he doesn't have the politics. He doesn't have the strength of game to actually see it through. Unfortunately, for all of the great accomplishments that Hunter has actually gotten, he is not smart enough to be a leader in this game. He will always be somebody's number one, somebody's number two, and he will always need a stronger personality to lead him to the promised land. All right, you, you are 100% right. Look, um, Hunter wouldn't even be on this season. I don't think Hunter would have a name in this game if it wasn't for Corey making a hit list in the 30-30. Which, which was, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've seen some dumb stuff. We've seen Jordan want to go after bananas and lift, up, and lift up all of the cards to go in. We've seen a lot of silly stuff. We've seen JP decide to call out CT because he wanted to pad his resume. We've seen a lot of dumb moves. And that got to be one of the top ones. Corey calling out a hit list. That just that was just silly. He put, you know, he thought he was going to go in and put a target on everybody else's back and did nothing but put a target on his own. As we know, Corey isn't the smartest of people out there. Like, look, if you look at big names, uh, if you look at big moves that happened previously, they all happened, you know, mid-season, you know, when season's like trying to get stuff again. But Corey did his First challenge by sending Durrell home on the on the purge, and then he what the second episode by saying his whole hit list. I, I get it if you want to call out one person, but to name off three people right away, how stupid can you be? It was definitely a bad move, definitely ill advised, and he did nothing but make himself extremely hated by the vets in the house, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't last long. And that's why he won't be on the challenge again. And that's how they say is that. Moving on to interrogations, uh, I love these things. They usually have a lot of great moments. When Wesley D approaches, Theo wants to know who he's working with. Wesley admits that he's with Hunter and would do anything to save him, to support him, and to get him to the final, and that he doesn't want to be called out. Next up is going to be Paulie and Ninja. Paulie admits that he's going after Kyle, and that's what got him into this elimination. Uh, Theo once again asks if Kara wasn't his number one, who would it be? And Paulie says he's a lone wolf. Fucking A, Paulie. Uh, Nani and Turbo, once they get in, they don't give up any info at all. Nani has played this for a long time, and she's not trying to burn bridges. Nani is really smart for realizing that all she has to do is stick with Turbo, play a strong game, and she's going to be okay. After the interrogations are done, Wes runs up on Paulie, and he wants to pick Paulie's brain. Paulie lets Wes know that he isn't afraid to go after him. That he's not scared, and it is what it is. Now, Wes doesn't want to chance his game in an elimination if he doesn't have to, which is always the smartest thing. You got so many people, mainly people like Hunter, you know, who just says, you know, oh, I don't care if I got to go in. If, if we lose, we lose. Uh, Wes is smart enough to know that the eliminations are always going to be unpredictable and that no matter who you are in any elimination, it can be anybody's game, especially especially if you don't know which elimination you're going to go into. Paulie is letting Wes know that he's on notice that if he goes in, Wes is going in. Let me ask you guys this. If Hunter's playing a skid game, Paulie is playing balls to the wall. Do you guys think it's a good tactic that's going to help him get to a final? Oh, Paulie? Yeah, Paulie. I think it's an, it, I think it helps him because it shows that like he doesn't really care. Like If you're confident... No one's going to want to go against you because they know you're confident. If you're playing scared, everyone's you know what? This guy's being a coward right now. He's worried. He's he's 
he's more focused on what's he's not focused on the game right now because he's more focused on like what like on what his faith is in the game. So and that's you jump on the advantage on like you know what. Let's go, cause like if I if I just went if I'm getting um voted in and I see Paulie that's confident, he like he knows he's gonna do good. Like why would I want to go against that? Cause he's just as ready as I want as I want to be. If I see someone that's not ready, that's worried, that's scared, that's like trying to lay low, I'm gonna call that person right then and there because they won't be prepared. Absolutely, I definitely feel you, Pecky. What do you guys think about Paulie's tactics? Is it gonna help him in the long run, or is it gonna end up hurting him? I think that Polly, I think Polly is trying, doing a tactic that a lot of people have done. And I think even we've seen Kara and other people try to pull out, you call me, I'm going to call you. It's even, it's square. So, I mean, he's up front. He's balls out. He doesn't care. I think that in the end, it only helps him because at least he's not lying. He's upfront about what he's going to do, and he does it. So I've never seen Polly not complete his threats, and I think the only reason that he wouldn't is because other people are involved, and they're the ones that are telling him and getting him to sway his his decision. Polly has definitely shown himself to be a man of his word. Veto, what do you think? Hey, you said it correctly. <laughs> um. I think it could go either way for him not having alliances. Um, on the plus side, he doesn't have any obligations to anyone, so he can vote in whoever he wants. He can vote whatever way he wants to go. Um, but on the flip side, it could be not good because nobody's protecting him. And sometimes numbers is all it takes. Yeah, that's a very good point. Of course, Paulie is working with Kara, and he definitely got Day on his side. But Paulie definitely didn't even reach out. To, to make himself a strong alliance. A lot of people have relied on that in the past to get him far in the game, Ashley being the most recent example. I do think Paulie's scare tactics have worked because Wes definitely feels it. But also think that in the long run, you know, in the long game, it doesn't help him because you're not going to make it to a final without a, an alliance. You're not going to make it to the final without somebody protecting you. You have to have friends. So now moving on to the killing floor. Early in this episode, we seen Cam and Ash talking. They already know that they are on the chopping block. And they agree that they're going to have to take out Wes. Now, when we get to the killing floor, everybody votes along party lines. And they tie it all up. Two, two, two. Now, TJ asks him once again, are you sticking with your votes? Are you sure? This frustrates Kara, but she's sticking with her guns. And apparently, Kara got some bars. Because she definitely spits a dope rhyme that definitely amuses Nani. But everybody, everybody sticks with the guns. Two, two, two. Now, the only change in alliance is Georgia. She decides that she's going to play Hunter's scare game. She's going to take the L. She's going to put the heat on her back. She's going to carry the team. And she sends in Paulie and Ninja. Now, during this voting, was there anything you guys loved or hated about how these guys voted? I mean, I love Kara calling out Hunter from when... Start trying to vote. She's like, Hunter's gonna tie it up, so might as well follow suit. Now, you loved it. I mean, to you, it didn't sound like she was just complaining. No, well, look, you're calling, she's calling out Hunter's game because 
half those teams down there don't know where Hunter stands right now. So if you're exposing Hunter, you're doing a great job. Well, Hunter and West working together is really this season's worst secret. Well, it's also not a secret that not that many people know that Hunter and Nani are also each other's number ones or twos or however you want to put it. So if you're now by car is saying that it's now putting um, Hunter on thin ice saying, all right, is Hunter going to pick Wes or is Hunter going to pick Nani? Yeah. And that leads up to Hunter telling Georgia to vote in for Polly and then just, just so Hunter can say face. I mean, that was Cara politicking. Hunter, Hunter and Georgia would never be in this position if she didn't put them there. She said, if you guys are playing in Polly, we're going to put in West. And she really forced their hands. So no matter what, they're going to have to make an enemy. And at this point, their enemy is going to be Polly. So, Becky, anything you loved or hated about the voting process? I mean, I could tell that all the people in the tribunal were frustrated because the people that they really wanted to choose, well, other than Kyle and Maddie, who were super excited to vote in Polly and Ninja, everybody else didn't want to vote on those people. So they didn't want to risk it, that these are people in their alliances, these are people they're friends with, they're not trying to burn any bridges. And I think that's what all of them were. They were just frustrated because they didn't want, these weren't the teams they wanted to pick. And now that they're down to the wire, they really have to start kind of, you know, picking off the teams that even though they might have some friendships with. You are 100% right. Don't you guys think that would have made more sense if they said, all right, you want to protect this person, I want to protect this person, just pick people completely out of that circle to keep your people safe. Instead, the only people in the tribunal are people that they all cared about because they all forced each other's hands. A little better politicking would have kept all the people they wanted to be safe out of it. They would have put ego to the side. They would have put the feuds to the side and kept the people who they wanted safe. I think everybody could have agreed on that, but they didn't. So let me ask you, Veto, what do you make of the voting process? I think that the way they voted was the only way they really could. Um, there's not too many teams to choose from. And plus you had Baron Devon with the relic. So you can choose them. And then everybody else is part of their alliances. So no matter what way you were going to vote, nobody was going to be happy with it. And there was going to be somebody that you cared about in the voting. They should have put that shit to the side. And they should have planned a little bit better. And their people would have been safe. Yeah, honestly, I'm like really surprised that Cam and Ashley weren't even an option at all. Like, and from what we saw, at least, like no one even said their name once. Well, I think Theo and Ashley are besties, so that wasn't going to happen, right? Or is it those two that are besties? Absolutely. Yeah. Those two have yeah. definitely had sex before. <laughs> Stop. I'm just saying, like, at least like, no one even said their names. So Georgia definitely thinks that Hunter wants her to pull the trigger so that there's no blood on its hands. So while Paulie and Ninja are deliberating on who they want to call out, Ninja is going to put a foot down and she convinces Paulie not to call out D. Because that's our only friend and ally in the house. Something tells me that that's going to play out way later on in the season. And it might even bite Paulie in the ass. After a quick talk, they decide on calling out Team Cash. Now, this elimination is called Wheel of Death. One challenger is on the spinning wheel to identify puzzle pieces. And the other is blindfolded, putting together the actual puzzle. The game starts off, and Cam immediately starts throwing up. She is yakking all over the place. Probably shouldn't have all those martinis before going in. The game comes down to the wire, and all of the pieces are in the slots. Each team has one piece that needs to be rearranged. Paulie and Ninja get it done, and they come out with the win. Now, let me ask you guys, what would you rate this elimination? The spinning wheel of death. 
That's not what it's called. It's just called Will of Death. But spinning Will of Death would have been better. Probably. Uh, I give the elimination, I would say, a six out of ten. I, I liked it, but it, it was it was the probably the puking that threw it off for me. I felt so <laughs> bad for Cam, that poor thing. I felt I bad for it too. Have you ever have seen any, Yes. Have you ever seen anybody throw up so gracefully? Oh, she looked pretty throwing up. What the heck is wrong with her? <laughs> That's what I was it's, thinking. Like, why? And even, like, when she came off of the wheel and she'd been puking at Oh, she still looked flawless. What the fuck? If I puke, I look like I got ran over by a bus. It's exactly. terrible. I look like death, like most people. <laughs> and she's still looking cute throwing up. She's like, don't touch me. I've been puking. And he's like, no, you're pretty. I'll take it. But yeah, no, the, the whole situation. I felt terrible for her. I mean, I feel like they should have stopped it. Let that poor girl puke in peace and not like nearly like I was just worried for her safety, too, because you could can't choke stop on it. it. It's an elimination. Can't well, you stop can choke it. Choke on your own puke. That's the well, last you, thing you want to do. Like kill probably, your chapters. Probably not on a spinning wheel. Bananas, how would you grade this elimination? I liked it to an extent. You know me, I'm more of a physical elimination type of person. So, like, when I see a puzzle, I'm like, yay. That's a great equalizer, bro. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. This was fun. Like, I like this more out of the previous puzzle eliminations. Because, like, it's a whole, you know, one person's blindfolded, then you have someone spinning on a wheel trying to help them, guide them, you know. I, I liked it. But, I mean, ah, for a puzzle elimination, I would say... It's up there as one of the greatest, well, one of the best eliminations I've seen for a puzzle. What grade would you give it? Five, six out of ten. That's not very high. Veto, what do you grade this elimination? I think I'm going to give it a five out of ten. I well, was not a fan? By, no, I was not a fan of this one. Um, I'm with Becky on it. I think when Cam started throwing up, it kind of just kind of threw me off because I don't really want to see that. I get that they were showing that she was getting sick that it could affect their performance. I then became more focused on like, oh my God, like, is she spinning into her throw up? Is it in her hair? Is it on her face? You know, like <laughs> it just, I totally like forgot I was watching an elimination because it continuously just kept throwing, kept showing us that she was throwing up. Yeah. It was like an episode of Tash.0. Yeah. It was disgusting. And personally, I thought that if they didn't focus on the throw up, I don't think that it was a good elimination anyway, just because I didn't like how they had to have all the figurines, like, facing certain way or the blocks facing certain ways and the communication too it wasn't really like exciting to watch you know what i am going to disagree with all of you guys i thought for a puzzle this was a great elimination you got one person spinning um cam cam getting sick only shows how difficult it really was i mean imagine spinning in a circle trying to keep your eyes on these small puzzle pieces i mean they're a good distance away it looked incredibly difficult I think for a puzzle, this is as difficult as puzzles get. And you got the physicality thrown into it with one person blindfolded. So they can't see. One person is spinning, so they're, they're disorientated and throwing up, and they're getting sick. And they got to keep their wits about them, and they got to figure out these pieces, and they got to guide a whole nother person. I thought it was a great elimination. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, and you guys should all be ashamed of yourselves. Well, I mean, I did say it was a great puzzle. I just didn't like the whole overall aspect of it because I'm more of a physical challenge, of more of a physical elimination type of person. That's why. Yeah, exactly. Everything can't be hardball, bro. 
So at this point, let's do our Pintrep Empire episode MVP and brought to you by the Pintrep Empire. You can't have an army without an empire. The Pintrep Empire is a place where a diversity of fans and supporters come through to share their passion and express their ideas with the Yankee fans across the globe. Make sure you visit those guys at PintrepEmpireNY.com and follow them at Pintrep Empire. Baseball season just started, so they got a lot of good stuff coming up. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Go Yanks. Fuck the Yankees. So Malik, who is your Pinstripe Empire episode MVP? For the guys, I definitely got to go with my main man, Paulie Califiori. He killed shit. They finished up the daily challenge pretty well. They um, went into elimination, and Paulie just absolutely dominated. He killed it. Uh, when he was done, he popped his shit. Uh, he has a relic for next episode. You know, Wes did a good job antagonizing Davon, but he definitely flopped during the during the daily elimination. I mean, there's really nobody who really controlled this episode as well as Paulie did. And for the females, uh, unfortunately, not a lot of action from the females. But if I do have to give it to one, I'm going to have to give it to Ninja. Ninja did well in the daily, even though they didn't win. But she was able to convince Paulie not to call out D and Wes. Uh, that's a power move in its own right. And then she went ahead and won the elimination. She got definitely an increase in camera time, and we got to see a lot more of her and her personality. So I'm going to go with Paulie and Ninja. They're the team to beat, and they're my Pinstripe Empire episode MVP. Yeah, they both had a great episode. So, Becky, who is your Pinstripe Empire episode MVP? I'm going to go ahead and start off with the ladies, and I'm actually going to give it to D who managed to, in my mind, manipulate Ninja into not oh. choosing her to go into this. So you thought it was manipulation. If you look at the way she's talking to her, it's definitely her manipulating the situation. I don't so, know. When they were sitting there eating, and Ninja said, hey, if we go in, we're most likely going to pick you. You think that she got manipulated. Interesting. Yeah, I think she got manipulated into choose not choosing uh, D and Wes by using her emotions and her feelings and connections to get her to switch her vote and to get her to protect them. So I am actually picking D for being an undercover manipulator because I think that nobody realizes it, but I see right through it. She was totally manipulating her. And for the guys, I have to give it to Polly as well, who stepped up. Let everybody know that he doesn't give a fuck. And yes, I will choose you. Yes, I want to go against the best. And no, I'm not afraid to go home. I'm not afraid to lose if it's to somebody who I respect. And somebody who, if you beat me, you beat me. And if I beat you, you're officially a notch on my belt, a trophy on my stand. I'm excited for it. So I give it to Polly for having the balls to say it right to someone's face. It's it's well done. Well done, Polly. Another great choice. So, Vero, who did you pick for your Pinstripe Empire episode MVP? This week, I'm going to choose the power couple, Polly and Kara. I think Polly is deserving of it this week because he was involved in a lot of the drama and he won the elimination. So, that was good for him this week. And I'm excited to see what he brings to the table next week when it becomes individual. And I'm going to give it to Kara because she did good in the daily challenge. And I didn't expect her to, honestly, because I know sometimes she's a little bit iffy about heights. So Nice. So I guess for me, I'm going to go with 
Theo. I was thinking about Polly, but you know, everyone else picked Polly, so you know what? I figured I changed up a little bit. I picked Theo because, you know, he killed the um, challenger. This guy barely jumps. I mean, yeah, he's tall as fuck, but like, you know, he's just to his advantage. And I just like the way he took control of the nominate tribunal thing. And he just like, called X all the right questions and stuff like that. And for the females, I'm going to go with Ninja just because, you know, she killed the um, elimination. I know Polly helped her a lot, but like, it's mo- mostly her listening and her moving the pieces that really helped. And, and her trying to save her friend D, I think that's more of like a friendship type of thing, you know, trying, because Polly is like, he's very like hard minded and he's going to want to get his way most of the time and tell Polly, no, listen to me. That takes a lot. And that's why I picked Ninja as my Pinstripe Empire episode MVP. Moving on, it's time to break down the fifthmajorsport.com week nine power ranking provided by Tyler Louder. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Daily Jorder and the fifth sport. So number one, we have Polly, two, Car Maria, three, Wes, four, Turbo, and five, Ninja. Now, Becky, what do you think of the top five? I like the top five. I kind of, yeah, no, I like it because I think all these... I think these top five people are strong. I think they have great resumes. Uh, Cara and Wes and Polly are all repeat winners. Uh, and I think that this is a good lineup. If anything, I would maybe move Theo up a little bit further and maybe move Ninja out of the top five. But I like it. No, I think it's, I think it's solid. I agree with that. Antonio, what do you think of the top five? The top three is what I like the most out of the list. Um, I would definitely take Turbo and Ninja out of the top five and put Bear and Devon in the top in the top five at number four and five. Just because I feel like Bear and Devon have been killing it lately and they deserve to be like noticed more and there's no way Devon should be less and Bear in the bottom three. Uh, I, I just find that a little ridiculous because I feel like a lot of these names, like D, Nani, Kyle, Maddie, they should be a lot lower just because, like, they haven't done much this season. But the top three, I like a lot, even though Wes is in that. Understandable. Malik. I definitely like this top five a lot. I do think we were done kind of a disservice because now they're split into singles instead of pairs. But Pauly Cora and Wes as the top three, that's easy. Uh, when it comes to Turbo and Ninja, uh, Turbo at number four, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, Turbo has been doing great, but he's he's done nothing, uh, socially or alliance wise. The great thing about Turbo is he doesn't need to. Fucking Turbo, he's killing shit. Um, the only change I would make is switching the number five and number six positions. I would switch out Ninja for Hunter. I would give Hunter a little bit more. Hunter did great into the elimination, uh, and then he got into the tribunal, and it was his team that made this elimination happen. Now, he is going to have Paulie all up his ass, but for this week, I got, you know, that's the only change I would make. I would move Hunter up a little bit. But wouldn't you want to put Georgia there instead, because Georgia's the one that said the name, and Hunter was just being the coward? Absolutely not. Georgia got blood on her hands. She needs to be careful. But the whole house knows it was really Hunter. It's not a secret. But still, you are who you are with. I mean, if Georgia, the thing about it is, this is going to hurt Georgia more than it's going to hurt Hunter. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Especially 
now that she don't have any, the only person who who George is going to have protecting her from here on out is going to be Bear. And I do like Bear, but I wouldn't trust him to protect a fucking piece of shit I laid out in the, in the toilet. But doesn't she also have Maddie, Kyle, because they're part of the UK? Yeah. Um, Kyle isn't really part of the UK like that. And Maddie, even though she has done great in a couple of eliminations and a couple of dailies, I mean, everybody may be scared of Maddie. And for all the marbles in the world, I can't think of why. I actually agree with Malik. I like the top three a lot. I think Turbo deserves where he where he is. Um, even though he doesn't cause too much wave and doesn't get a lot of screen time, he's just so nice and he's a good competitor. So I feel like number four is respectable. However. Number five, I think I would put Georgia because she made that power move at the end. Even though Malik gives the credit to Hunter, I think it was Georgia. So you grew at me pretty much. <laughs> As always. <laughs> As always. <laughs> I don't Ew. think either Hunter or Georgia should be in the top five. I think Bear and Devon should. Mm, I think they deserve to be higher, but not top five. I mean, yeah, I think I Bear definitely should be top. I think Bear should be number four, honestly. Let's move on to the Twitter shit. So I mean, I didn't even read the rest yet. Fine. Do you want me to read the rest? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, please. Okay. So at number six, we have Hunter. Seven, Theo. Eight, Maddie. Nine, Kyle. Ten, Nani. Eleven, Georgia. Twelve, Bear. Thirteen, D. And fourteen, we have Davon. <laughs> and (laughs) i'm sure you guys can just hear my voice how shocked i am about that yeah davon does not deserve to be 14 i honestly i don't think so either it's a choice d or even (laughs) nani should be 14 because they both haven't (laughs) done anything d is literally a whole ass flop davon is last 14 Listen, you can't put Nani at the bottom. She hasn't been in an elimination. She has been in the tribunal, what, the second or third most times throughout this whole entire season? So then why do you put Devon at 14 when Devon won the most eliminations this season? She's been in eliminations. She's been in eliminations. That's not a good thing. She keeps winning, so that's a good thing. Winning an elimination is survival. Not being put into elimination is a respect. I just don't think Devon should be 14. I I agree with you 100%, Antonio. I think D should be number 14. Cry, cry, cry. Wine, wine, wine. Davon's last. Are you guys just kidding on Davon because Kara hates Davon? No, no, no. No, wait, wait, come on. I actually agree. I would be totally fine with D at number 14. It's her fault that they didn't win. I would put Davon way ahead against, way ahead of D. Yeah. I put Davon ahead of, right now, I'm saying right now, Davon should be ahead of D, Nani, Kyle, and Maddie. I wouldn't say Kyle. I wouldn't say Maddie either. Uh, you know what? I I would say they're about the Davon same. Davon deserves four spots up at least. Look, I I, like I would agree with that. Four spots up at least. So we're gonna jump right in and start talking about Josh versus Gus. Now we have the battle of the accents. Good old Southern boy Gus went <laughs> went on to challenge Mania. To let the world know that he had no idea 
what Josh was talking about when he stated that he was out there trying to ask people to get into fights with him for more TV time. Josh, of course, decided to jump in, stating that he's already approached production about having them play the audio so that everybody can hear that this actually happened. He said he was going to let it go, but because Gus decided to call him a liar, which I'm favoring Gus more in this case than Josh, to be honest, uh, that so he hopes that they're going to play it. And of course, Amanda wanted to jump in back up her partner, say, yep, basically that this happened, and she hopes that it gets played so that Gus looks like a fool. Now, you know what? <clears throat> I'm glad Amanda jumped in because who does Gus have to back him up on this? Because it sounds like he's backtracking. Gus has Amanda to back him up that this actually happened. So right now, it sounds like Gus is full of shit. It sounds like Amanda is telling the truth again and Josh is on point. So I'll be honest, make... I always take what Amanda says with a very, very large grain of salt. Why? Is Amanda known to be a liar? Yeah. Very How much so. so. She, when, did Amanda, ways, I, when did Amanda ever lie to the people? Have you seen three bombs, bombs that have been falsely dropped? Supposedly dropping. The, the bombs that she supposedly <laughs> like dropped. Those, no, no, no. Those bombs were too big to be dropped because they would have hurt a lot of people. And she was being generous and she was being sympathetic. When has Amanda ever lied to the people? Bullshit. Uh, she lies so has been dropped. Don't make a tweet about it saying you're going to drop a bomb or don't tweet it. Because when she makes that original tweet, you have every intention to do what you're doing. So she now dropped she's the backtracking. She dropped the bomb. She all know that was a bomb. Right, right, right. It's coming um, up. We're talking each other, but that uh, just so to correct you, Malik, right after that whole bomb thing was shown on TV, she sent out a tweet saying, that's not the bomb. That's not the bomb. So apparently she lied twice. No, she said that was the bomb. No, no, it just means that she has multiple bombs. Oh, shut up. What the fuck are you talking about? Josh has somebody to back up his side. Gus doesn't have anybody to back him up. I don't have nobody then, somebody that's not credible. I'm hearing an echo. But how is Amanda not credible? She's Uh, not credible. Nobody believes her. Are you kidding? But she has dropped a lot of truth. It was true that Zach was talking to girls on Bumble. And she claimed that wasn't the bomb. But she still exposed it. So she wasn't lying when she said she had something to blow up. Well, according to Zach, he never talked to anybody on Bumble. He just downloaded it for fun. But knowing, yo, listen, if my listen, if my girlfriend had Bumble, I would (laughs) that motherfucker. Hold on, wait, no, 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 hold on, wait, talk about, talk about, talk about. You might want to cut that. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna cut that. (laughs) That's not cool. If if my girlfriend had Bumble, I would definitely feel some kind of way. Like that's not cool. And she was holding on to this bomb. She said she was going to put it out, and she did. Respect Amanda's gangster. I don't respect Amanda's gangster. I'm sorry. That is, to me, not gangster. Because the fact is, is she's stating that she did actually drop the real bomb. So if you're going to tell me you're going to drop the bomb, and that that's the bomb in the show, and then all of a sudden, wait, that's not the bomb? Get out of here. Get out of here with that mess. Because you're just trying to make yourself look good. Now, I feel you on that. But that bomb was an actual bomb. That bomb had significant waves throughout this episode. Zach was feeling it. It took Zach out of his game. 
That's the reason why Wes is where he is now and Zach and Bananas is out of the game. Amanda's running shit. She's not even there. Zach oh. was leaving for her cousin's wedding, no. not because of a bomb. Allegedly. It's a known no. fact he had his, his cousin he had his cousin's wedding. Zach yeah. was Zach was his, out of it. Listen, his cousin knows that he's going to the uh, going on a challenge. He knows that shit might run long. Like it would have been fine. But everyone knew about the cousin's wedding before even Amanda mentioned the bomb. Like Zach, everyone knew. Uh, everyone had that. Uh, everyone known Zach's intention since they were on the plane going to the going to the location. But you know what? She had a bomb. She dropped it. I would say she's credible. When has uh, she lied? When has Amanda ever flat out lied? Are her bom- the bombs that she dropped? Are they credible? Like, have we seen proof that they are actually all real? Yo, Zach's reaction is all the proof we need. Okay, let's go all the way back to Invasion, which she lied oh, about Jenna getting fingered on the plane. That that wasn't a lie. That was an exaggeration. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. She lie or... Hey, an inappropriate one. No. Hey, a lie is a lie, big or small. No. Bullshit. She gave us alternative facts. Okay, Donald. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Those were alternative facts. Listen, you're not about to sit here and shit on the man while I'm here. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Amanda has never lied to the people. There was no collusion, and she had a good reason for firing FBI Director Comey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You're over it. I'm and, done with you, Malik. And yeah, I'm Amanda, done. Listen, and Amanda has a right not to release her tax returns. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Build that wall. Build that wall <laughs> right around it. Are we forgetting Malik has a Make America Great Again hat? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Is that oh. all you want? Like, I won't cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> I will tweet it and put it all over the whole Twitter universe. Hey, uh, no receipts. Never happened. All right. So, the main thing that I want to know from you guys is. Who do you believe? Do you guys believe Gus or do you guys believe Josh? At this point, I'm going to leave it up to the challenge gods to release the tape. Release the tape. Release the tape. Exactly. Release the tape. Release the Mueller report. Release everything. (laughs) Show us the receipts. (laughs) Uh, Is is it just me? All right. What's the next one? Okay, you're hella dumb. (laughs) Okay, so the last pot stirrer that we have is a former cast member versus Kara and Polly. Looks like a former cast member had some time the other day and decided that instead of setting her sights on Kara, that she needs to set her sights on Polly. Maybe then she'll get Kara's attention, I'm sure. So when she decided to come after Polly, she decided to make some accusations. Now, this former cast member, not knowing anything about this, apparently liked to accuse Polly of domestic abuse. Trash. Fucking trash. Now, where are the facts in this? Nobody knows. Because apparently smothering somebody with love 
is apparently abusive. Listen, I do understand love bombing as a tactic, but that's not the case. This whole thing is trash. I'm tired of this former St. Thomas cast member. I mean, it's, it's just been trash. This person has been on a tear, tearing up Cara, tearing up Pauly. Uh, they don't have a lot of evidence. All this talk of, of, of sociopathic behavior and, and abuse has been 100% bullshit. 100% Fucking bullshit. So you're the one to blame with all this because, you know, you're the one that wanted to post a hot take on Twitter, which, you know, got around to, you know, numerous people. I did post a hot take. None of us knew where that was going to go. It just went the way that that it went. You know, when it came to the mental health thing, you know, we did assess it. Uh, We felt the way we felt about it and, you know, did what we did. Everybody didn't agree with it, but... I mean, unfortunately, ever since that point, um, you know, this former cast member's behavior, I mean, I find it abhorrent. I mean, just stop it. Think about it. When it comes to abuse and, the, and that kind of stuff and, and other serious accusations, that can weigh on a person. That can affect somebody's whole life and future opportunities. If you don't have 100% proof, if you can't prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, if it's just speculation, don't do it. Let's just look at this outright this former cast member has repeatedly come at Polly and at Kara on multiple occasions the hot take really had nothing to do with it it just honestly just gave her a reason to complain so I, I don't think that that hot take would have done anything but give her more reason to keep complaining because she would have found another reason let's look at who this person is it's just what she does I just think it's ridiculous because Polly was never allowed to mention that this certain individual wanted to go seek therapy, but then accusations like this come flying out. And so I'm wondering where is the correlation between the two? Why is one okay just for saying those fine accusations and the other one is in trouble for stating that they, the other person needed therapy? No, you are a hundred percent right. Um, you know, uh, ever since Paulie appeared on the show, everybody wanted to diagnose him as a uh, sociopathic and having all these, all of these, uh, um, all of these tendencies to do all these kind of things, and that's just not nearly the case. Now, I'm not saying one way or another. I'm just saying I'm not qualified to make those kind of decisions or make those kind of assessments that everybody puts on him. So I feel why Cara and Paulie is always in defense mode. They always feel like they got to defend themselves. Look at the shit that they're getting. I mean, I mean, I mean, really look at it. They are getting some pretty horrendous shit. I mean, as Paulie, even being on the outside of this, to have somebody saying like, oh, you know, you're abusing them and you're a sociopath and all that shit. I mean, no matter how thick skinned you are, that shit got to start weighing on you. And all reality at this point is just not fair because there is hardly any evidence to back it up. I understand people feel how they feel and they understand things how they want to understand it. But if you don't have any evidence or facts to back it up, then what are you really talking about? So, Bananas, close us out. All right, another great episode of Stars. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you stay updated by following us on Twitter and Instagram at LWC Podcast. Join us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovewarchallenges also check out our website lovewarchallenges.com
make sure while you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud to give us those five stars, give us that great review, and most importantly, make sure you're subscribed. Have a great day, Potsnerers. Peace. I want to say peace. Is, is peace not working for everybody? I'm saying peace as I can.